today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith God always answers us in the deeps, never in the shallows of our soul. That prayer has to be deep. There has to be more than just a surface movement. There has to be this passion for the lost, this burden for people to find God. There has to be, as it were, weeping in the house of the Lord if there's going to be the joy of reaping in the house of the Lord. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our heads and There are many times in Scripture when the Lord's servants cried out to Him in desperation. Just like a mother is moved by the cries of her children, the Lord is moved when we cry out to Him. It is the zealous prayers, the prayers that come from the deepest places of our soul, that God answers. In today's message from James chapter 5, Pastor Ed encourages us to pray without ceasing. He also teaches us to pray not just surface-level prayers, but to pray reverently and wholeheartedly. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. as it were, recognizing I stand in the shadow of the cross and the blood of Christ is over me and I stand as a king as child, a son and daughter of the kingdom. I can stand with confidence because God has given me that position. I stand in the righteousness of Christ. It's not only positional, and you've got to know your place in Christ. You've got to know who you are in Christ. You've got to know that you're a child of God so that you could brush aside the accusations of the enemy, so that you can silence all of the accusations that smell of smoke as they ascend from the pit. You know... You also have to have something else, a practical righteousness. Not only a positional, but a practical righteousness. Uh, What does James mean by that? Well, let's just take the context of his book. It means that you have compassion on the poor. It means that you control your tongue. It means that you're keeping yourself unspotted from this world. You're you're living a a pure life. See, there is great confidence when you know that you know that you know that you're walking in obedience to God. You know that you're endeavoring to live a godly and holy life. And when you stand in that holy place, and when you stand in the presence of God, the Spirit of God witnesses with your spirit that everything is okay. And you can enter into that throne room with boldness, knowing that he has made a way for you. And there, like Elijah, you could pray with confidence. Hallelujah. Uh, Is there a shout in the house? Amen. Psalm 34, 15 says, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears 
are attentive to their cry. Don't you love that verse? The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry. Uh, There you are going through the trouble. There you are going through the dark night of the soul. There you are in a difficult place but God's eyes are on you and as you lift your voice heaven hears you. God hears you and you know and you know and you know that God is listening in. You see, the great thing about it, if we are pure in our hearts, we have confidence. Psalm 66, 18 spells that out. It says, if I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But when the Spirit of God has searched your heart... And you said to God, here I am. And you feel before God, I'm right with you. And and if God speaks to you, what does the text say? You confess your sins. So you go to that brother, you go to that sister, if there's a wrong there. Or if something is lingering in your mind, you go to that elder. You go to that spiritual leader and you confess it. And it says, confess your sins to one another. Hey, we're all sinners and we need to recognize that. But once you've done that, the Spirit bears witness with your spirit that you're right with God. And once you've confessed, and once you've made yourself right with God, then you could begin confessing as it were the truth of His Word, the promise of His Word, the surety of what He has said in the book. Hallelujah. I think of A.W. Tozer who said, our prayers are only as powerful as our lives. In the long pull, we pray only as well as we live. Think about that. Sometimes we pray cream and we live skim milk. You know, you have these big elaborate prayers. God help the living and the praying to go together so that we begin to pray out of a life of commitment to God, His mind and His will. John Ortberg puts it in his book. Uh, The book is titled, God is Closer Than You Think. Uh, Kim tells about her dad, how he went to help a woman who had a flat tire, and he was helping, and suddenly a car came and swerved onto the shoulder and hit the car that he was working under. And here the car rolled over him, crushed numerous ribs, punctured a lung. He began to bleed internally. And this small, tiny woman who gets in front of the car, I think she was five feet, and she begins to pray, in the name of Jesus. And she literally lifts the car. They pull him out from underneath the car. The ambulance drivers, the uh, paramedics say for sure he's lost. He's going to die. They put him in the ambulance. His ashen white body suddenly turns pink. He says to everyone around him, why don't you sing with me, fairest Lord Jesus? 
He's instantly, miraculously healed. Now here's the shouting part. Here's the shouting part. At that exact time, his pastor and his church are interceding for him at that exact moment when he's healed. The story doesn't end there. The story goes on. He was a professor at Princeton in the seminary. And, you know, he believed in God, but didn't seem to be that excited about God and maybe had God at a great distance. This Princeton seminary professor, James Lauder, is known now in Princeton as the weeping professor because God so changed his life in that miracle that he was never, ever the same. There's an awesome sense of presence of God about his life. I tell you that when we begin praying and we begin seeking the Lord and when we begin interceding, standing in the gap for people, something happens in their lives. They are changed. You try it. You begin praying for that relative. You begin praying for that family member. You begin praying for that brother or sister in Christ. And you begin saying, God, I want you to keep your word. God, here's what your word says. See, there are some things that won't happen unless we pray it through. God has given us an incredible privilege to participate with him in shaping history. Our theology, remember, is not Calvinistic. Everything is said. Our theology is Arminian that says that we have a part with God in shaping this world. See, when the church begins to make the place where they meet, a house of prayer, things happen. You hear things like Wendy Wright's been healed and God's restored her. You hear things like with Pastor Dan where his arm was broken as he shared last week and the doctor said, you'll never write with that. But God said, no, my people are praying and he restores you hear things like what the Cancels shared with us when their son Emilio looks so desperately ill and the doctors are wondering if he's going to live thinking he's not going to live but God drops a heart in my, a verse of scripture in mom and dad's life and they stand on that verse of scripture and they begin to pray it. things happen hallelujah can I have a witness anybody here know what we're talking about there's power in prayer. God does things when his people pray. There's a second element in this. Not only do we pray in righteousness, a righteous cause and a righteous life, a righteous character. There's something else. Pray in earnestness. Verse 17. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. He prayed earnestly. God gives us the privilege of communicating with him and influencing him. I want you to think for a moment of that word earnestly. It means really intense. That's part of the meaning. There's an intensity of prayer. In 1 Thessalonians, Paul says in chapter 3 verse 10, as we night and day kept praying most earnestly that we may see your face 
and make complete what was lacking in your faith. There's the Apostle Paul, night and day, praying. Incredible miracles have happened in our world. God has changed the course of history. If you look at movements prior to the revivals, there was extended periods of travail and prayer. And during revivals, extended periods of prayer. I have literally seen people healed. I remember one person in the Toronto airport I was standing with, and they were sharing with me how they had come with this brace, and they were uh, very ill. They weren't able to walk. They weren't able to get around. But now that brace was off, and they were walking back and forth. They were just healed by intercessory prayers. People prayed and waited on God. God is the God of miracles, but there has to be an intensity to our prayers. Uh, You can't expect a thousand dollar answer to prayer on a dime's worth of intercession. I mean, you can't just give a superficial prayer and all of a sudden ask and believe that some deep, no, no, there's a sense of intensity. Elijah the prophet wrestled as it were. God inspired James to know what had happened in that Old Testament passage of Scripture. There, as he stood before the Lord, as he was standing before God, he was in intercession. He was praying, and God was answering. There's an intensity. Uh, This is how this verse is translated. Verse 17. There's several translations. Elijah, for instance, human, just like us, prayed hard that it wouldn't rain. When's the last time you prayed hard? Verse 17 again, another translation. Elijah was a man like, affected as we, and with prayer, I like this, he did pray. Did you ever know some people pray without prayer? They say the words, but it's not deep down in here. Uh, Go through the routine, but, but it's... And that's not only in liturgical churches where people have prayers to read. Because some of those prayers are beautiful, and I have no objection to praying some of those prayers. But your heart has to be in it. But in the Pentecostal church, we could pray with our mouths and not with our hearts. We can pray merely outwardly, but inwardly. It's not reaching the depth of our soul. Uh, Again, Elijah was a man of like passions to us, and he prayed with prayer. He fixed his mind on God. He fixed his heart on God. He fixed his soul on the Lord. And like Hannah of old in Samuel chapter 1, he poured out his heart to God. Have you ever poured out your heart to God? Oh, God, save my loved one. Oh, God, turn this situation around. Oh, God, heal their bodies. I'm going to lay on my face before you, God, until you intervene. Oh, God, hear me as I intercede. See, the church has to make God's house a house of prayer, and we have to get on our knees and say, oh, God, work. Oh, God, intervene. Be involved, as it were, in earnest prayer. Prayer that's intense. Nehemiah looks at the broken down walls of Jerusalem. And in Nehemiah 1.4, it says, I heard these things, and I sat down 
and wept for some days. I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Oh God, help us to mourn. Help us to fulfill that great beatitude. Blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted. We need to mourn over the sins of our society. Uh, We need to pray for those people who are so blind that they are persecuting Christianity in our country. And they look at Christians and they say, oh, the fundamentalist Christians are just like the fundamentalist Muslims. Give me a break. We need to pray that a blindness and a deafness and a cloud of darkness stops descending over our land and so that people would have their eyes open and their ears open to recognize that these are the days that God is desirous to move and unless we respond judgment of God will come on this land we need to be able to stand with a prophetic voice in the schoolroom, in the college room no matter what they're saying or how they're debating we need to stand on the truth of God's word and say thus saith the Lord because we know his word is true we know it's right we know it's accurate hallelujah 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 we need some people who are going to pray with prayer who are going to pray with prayer are you going to be a candidate to pray with prayer I like what Paul said of one of his companions he's always wrestling in prayer for you. Amy Carmichael said it well. Listen to these words. God always answers us in the deeps, never in the shallows of our soul. God always answers us in the deeps, never in the shallows of our soul. That prayer has to be deep. There has to be more than just a surface movement. There has to be this passion for the lost, this burden for people to find God. There has to be, as it were, weeping in the house of the Lord if there's going to be the joy of reaping in the house of the Lord. God help us. Not only did you see an intensity in prayer, but you see a persistency of prayer. In Colossians 4.2, Paul tells us, continue earnestly in prayer. Be vigilant, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. In the translator's handbook, it takes this passage of scripture, and he gives these thoughts. He prayed with prayer. He prayed constantly. He prayed again and again. That's what the text is saying. That Elijah did not give up. He did not stop. I am so glad that my mother not never stopped praying for me to the day she died. She never stopped praying for me. And then she prayed for my salvation. I'm so glad that Matt's father, Matt Rapecki, didn't stop praying for me, didn't stop visiting my home, didn't stop believing that God could save a young man. See, I'm grateful for that. And there are people that need you to stand in the gap, that need you to stand on the wall, that need you to believe. See, God can do impossible 
things, incredible things. He can do what no one else can do. Uh, Don't put limits on him. Uh, Allow your faith to soar as you mount up with wings as eagles and you get a glimpse of the greatness of our God and you see he's the one who spun the worlds into existence. He's the one who spoke the word and it happened. He created something out of nothing. This verse is translated, and it can be translated this way. Elijah was just like we are. Let me stop there, camp on that for a moment. Elijah was just like we are. Aren't you thankful? On these prophets, on these spiritual leaders, we sometimes put an S, Superman. No. James says they were like you and me. Elijah had his good days, but he had his bad days. I mean, he could call down fire from Mount Carmel with confidence and slay the prophets of Baal, but he could tremble at the words of the king's wife. Suddenly he could be set to flight, running fearful of his life, hiding in a cave. Saying, oh God, take my life. I don't want to live. He knew the heights of success and he knew the depths of failure. He knew at times great faith and at other times great doubt. He knew, as it were, times of great joy and other times of great depression. And in all of us, there are those contradictory things that are in our lives where suddenly, at one moment, we find ourselves a man a woman of like passions with Elijah the prophet. He had feet of clay. If a man with feet of clay could be used by God, a man who went before God with excuses like this, I can't talk to God. Moses, don't even worry. I'll put the words in your mouth. Uh, God, I'm too young. Uh, I'm just a child. Jeremiah, I'll set you before nations and you'll pull down and you'll lift up. See, God is the God that is greater than our weaknesses, greater than our frailties, greater than all of the things that loom so big in our mind. If we'll trust God, if we'll believe God, if God did it in the past, A repeat performance is welcome in the present. He can do it again. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, The scripture says, Elijah was just like we are. He was a human being. But there, here's the key. He prayed constantly that no rain would fall. Lord, keep that rain back. Uh, God, I know it hasn't rained in a month, but it looks like they have a forecast for rain. God, keep that rain back. God, it's been a year since it's rained, and this is a record on the almanac, uh, and they're saying rain is forecasted for this year according to the almanac. God, keep it from raining. This is what your word says. I'm standing on it. Uh, God, it's an overcast day. It's cloudy, and all the prophets of Baal are praying, but God, you hold back that rain, and God answered that prayer. See, God, is a God will answer prayer for believing people, for men and women that will say, oh Lord, I'll trust you, I'll believe you, I'll wait, I'll constantly pray, because God can do the impossible. Hallelujah. I want to close with these words of Andrew Murray. 
May they burn in your heart. Beware in your prayer, above everything, of limiting God. Not only by unbelief, by fancying, but by fancying that you know what He can do. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? These words from the book of James could lead one to believe that we must earn our salvation by good works. Pastor Ed will tackle this difficult subject and more as he teaches through the book of James. We'll learn that works are the result of faith, not the other way around. Although building in faith is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. If not, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For service times, driving directions, and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Edward Jones. Please join us next time as Pastor Ed continues teaching through his series through the book of James, right here on Building in Faith. Everybody wins when a leader gets better. Absolutely everyone. The stakes of leadership are sky high. Everyone has influence. Come to the Global Leadership Summit on August 10th and 11th and learn skills to help you lead transformation in your community. The summit features leaders like Bill Hybels, Sheryl Sandberg, Andy Stanley, and more. Experience the summit at Faith Assembly, Casper Kill Campus, Poughkeepsie, August 10th and 11th. Register at willowcreek.com summit and use the priority code radio, willowcreek.com summit.